Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 24th, five minutes after 10. We are Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So there have been many executive orders issued by Governor Eric Holcomb, what? especially during the pandemic. Yep. Oh, wait, wait. Who, who, who are we talking about here? Oh, Eric Holcomb. Boo! <laughs> That's right. Those of you who are uh, uh, new to the program or have been listening recently, we decided through now until that slug is no longer in office and can no longer ruin the lives of 7 million people, that every time Casey says his name, Eric Holcomb, (laughs) that's what happens. That will be the backing track to Mm -hmm. Eric Holcomb's uh, lockdown McGee, high tax Holcomb, whatever we're calling him today. That'll be the the background that his name is greeted with. Well, yesterday, Senate Republicans, they advanced this bill and it seeks to limit (laughs) his emergency powers. (laughs) Senate Bill 234. They're going to limit his emergency powers Mm -hmm. just in time for him to not have emergency powers anymore. Yes, big tough guys, right? Oh, my goodness. They do it on his way out the door? These people are just the absolute worst, and they have no shame, and they don't even hide it anymore. So, if you'll remember, the, the... so Holcomb comes out and makes all these emergency declarations during 2020, and he shuts society down. He puts a million plus people out of work, tries to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. Uh, the business club, you remember all the stuff. And not a <laughs> single one of these Republicans, other than Nicely and um, and Jacob, John Jacob, tried to do anything to stop them. Now, there were people like Jim Lucas, who complained a lot on Facebook but did nothing. By the way, speaking of Jim Lucas, there is some weirdo mm-hmm. in our YouTube chat yeah. who it goes by an anonymous name. So I don't know if it's a very close friend of Jim or an immediate family member, or maybe even Jim himself, who right. knows? I Perhaps. don't know. Um, but the only thing this guy posts about is Jim Lucas. And he posts the same bizarre thing every single day when he posts, which is, no matter how much Rob hates it, Jim Lucas is still a state rep. You mm-hmm. can eat it, Rob. I don't know. Very, very <laughs> weird. But I will use this opportunity just because I know how much it's going to piss that guy off mm-hmm. to remind everybody that Jim Lucas, state representative, drove drunk, drove through a barricade, fled the scene, did immense damage uh, to his automobile and obviously public property, fled the scene. Then when he was caught with the cops, tried to deceive the cops about the fact that he had uh, drove drunk and parked his car to try to hide the car from the police officer. So, and just remember, the Republican said nothing. The Republican Party said absolutely nothing about Jim Lucas driving drunk, fleeing the scene, and then trying to get cute and manipulate the cops once he got caught. So that's your Indiana Republican Party. I just know it's going to piss that guy off, so I did it just for that. According to the Indiana Election Division, there is somebody who is uh, challenging Jim Lucas. Oh, great. <laughs> Brownstown teacher Brian Sevilla. Oh, He's well. filed to challenge Jim Lucas and Seymour. Oh, very good. Well, maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him. Anyway, we got off track there on that, but I just wanted to make that guy as mad as I possibly could. Back uh, to Senate Bill yeah, 234. So these guys, they are just shameless. They're just shameless. So not only did they do nothing, there wasn't like some big rally put on by the General Assembly demanding Holcomb call an executive session. There wasn't a letter sent to Holcomb signed by super majorities in the House and Senate demanding it. Then when they come back to Org Day in November of 2020, 
the only thing they actually do is exempt themselves from having to wear masks. Remember, everybody else had to wear a mask. You could be, you know, you could be kicked out. The businesses could be fine. They, the lawmakers, the Republicans, exempted themselves from having to wear a mask. Then the next year, they didn't want to do anything because the reality is these Republicans, one, they're totally afraid of Holcomb. These people are gutless. They're spineless. They're weasels. They're totally petrified of Holcomb because their political careers matter way more than you. And they saw what happened to Jacob and Nicely and people who got side and Curtis Hill and people who got sideways with the governor. So they did nothing. And then by force, because there was just absolute outrage from the public at large on the way that arrogant piece of garbage destroyed our state, they gave the most half-assed, half-baked, horrible effort piece of legislation ever that was written by a bunch of attorneys that if they had written that piece of uh, that document for you as a private client, you would have put them in front of the disciplinary commission and demanded retribution, which failed in a court of law to, uh, to try to limit his emergency powers. There's no way Rod Bray, who is a very skilled attorney, would have ever written that piece of garbage for one of his clients. It failed. And four years later, Casey, mm-hmm. they have still done absolutely nothing to limit the powers of Eric Holcomb. He could do everything that he did in 2020 right now with the snap of his fingers if he wanted. Now, Holcomb's on his way out the door. And so what these guys have suddenly become is the toughest guy in the room and whoever the next governor is, whether it's Braun or Silent or whoever, (laughs) that they're going to, I guess they're going to become Johnny Tough Guy with Mm -hmm. the new governor. With the new governor, right. Because Senate Bill 234, it removes the governor's ability to extend a state of disaster emergency after 30 days or declare a new emergency unless it's completely unrelated to the first one. Why didn't they do that in the beginning, Casey? They wrote this whole convoluted piece of legislation in 2021, which made absolutely no sense to anyone. And that's what the court told them when they threw it out was they were like, if you want to, there was like all the, they call this committee and that committee and you can do this and you can do that. And the court's like, what are you guys even doing here? There's they're, 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 These people are gross, and uh, they just keep getting away with it. And the only place you're going to hear this is, is places like this. But these, these people, uh, it's just unbelievable that for four years they do absolutely nothing. And then as soon as Holcomb's on his way out the door, well, now we're going to rein in the powers of the governor. Okay, but it's, it's not the first time that they've tried to do this. They did approve a law back in 21. Right. Following his, you know, the statewide mass mandate. Right, but... Holcomb vetoed it. Yeah, but then And they, then he won in the Indiana yes, Supreme Court. That's what we just said, So Casey. now they're trying to do it again. Do but, you think that it'll pass this time? Yes, because they're attorneys and they know the law. And the reason it didn't pass the last time is they didn't want it to pass. It would be like if I told you, Casey, there's a Qdoba across the street. <laughs> And you would you can see it from our building. Mm-hmm. You look out the window right now, and you can see the Qdoba right across the street. Well, any person with a firing synapse in their brain would recognize if you wanted to go to the Qdoba, you would simply take the frickin' elevator down to the first floor and walk across the street and go to the Qdoba. That's the legislation they're proposing right now. They proposed... Not only we're going to take the stairs instead of the elevator, then we're going to walk backwards down Illinois Street, then we're going to go down uh, Washington Street, then we're going to take a little jog onto Maryland for a little bit, then we're going to do a three-lap tour of Circle Center Mall, then we're going to exit back out onto Illinois, and then we're going to walk down Market Street, 
and then we're going to just roll down to uh, Gainbridge Fieldhouse for an hour, and then we'll circle back and come back and go to Qdoba. That was the law that they wrote, which was designed to fail because they wanted to be able to look at you and go, well, we tried. Right. That's that pesky court. You know, those judges, you just, you can't do anything about those those judges, those activist judges. Just, we tried. We tried to rein him in. These people are gross. I think I'm most impressed with your knowledge of downtown Indianapolis. Well, right I've lived there. here for 40 years. I mean, I should know a little bit. I've worked here for eight, so I should know a little bit out of it. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with the Secretary of State. He delivered Boo! a... <laughs> no, no, that's reserved for Eric Holcomb. <laughs> he delivered a $25,000 election grant to Johnson County. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of people that are gross, Diego Morales, he would also uh, qualify under this banner. So this is the guy, of course, who he is now. So he all this f- money from the federal government, which who funds the federal government, Casey? We do. We do, the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. There is no uh, magical federal money Tree, yeah. tree. I mean, there is a printing press, and they keep they keep printing money. But that money belongs to future generations. It's money that they're spending that people aren't even born yet don't have a say in that they're spending because they're also it's gross hour on the show, Casey. Everyone's <laughs> gross. So the federal government gives the states, all fifty states, this pile of money to whatever secure elections or whatever phraseology they came up with. And this scumbag, uh, Diego is going he's using taxpayer resources i don't know if he's using his that car that he got what that he bought for his election or not but uh I'm, he's probably using his taxpayer funded car to go to these various government centers courthouses wherever these election divisions are at and he's presenting these giant checks right but this guy and this is everyone should be outraged by this outraged by this he is presenting these big checks like you would give at the golf tournaments you know but instead of the name of the people who are actually paying the tab, which is U.S. taxpayer or Indiana taxpayer, he's got his name mm-hmm. at the top of the check as though Diego Morales wrote that check himself. Out of the goodness of his heart, yeah. Casey. Yeah. Is just giving out $25,000 to Johnson County. Yes, it's not his money, it's our money, and he's taking credit for it. When we talk about there is no difference between these two parties, and people, why are you so mean to the Republicans? If the Democrats did the same thing Diego Morales is doing right now, people would be, on the right, would be outraged. They would be outraged. If the Democrats were running the state of Indiana and for four years allowed a governor to shut the state down, put a million people out of work, cost tens of thousands of people their jobs, try to put them in jail for not wearing a mask, and did nothing to stop it, people would be outraged. But what are we supposed to do? Because it's the Republicans? We're just supposed to go, yay! Still our money. Okay, so the fallout continuing regarding that former Clark County Sheriff, Jamie Knoll. He hacked up nearly uh, $5 million (laughs) on business credit cards for his personal use, and this is according to new court documents that were released. Okay, so uh, we've talked about this guy quite a bit. And the thing that amazes me is this guy was super close to the governor. I mean, about as close as you possibly can be. I don't know if I would use the term best friend, but pretty darn close. And yet nobody has yet to has yet to pin the governor down on his one of his very best friends, quasi family, you know, type of person Mm -hmm. who was living this super lavish lifestyle way above his means. And nobody has yet to ask the governor. Also, Jamie Knoll, part of the Central Committee, which he has announced his resignation from, which means he's one of the 20 most powerful Republicans in the state. And nobody has asked the governor, hey, weren't there some 
you know, some red flags when your buddy was funding all these trips and doing all these other things? Like, didn't you at any but jewelry and cigar stands mm-hmm. and, you know, charges made? So so he had this um, uh, Utica Township Volunteer Firefighters Association credit card, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's, Ab- a, it's a gold card. Abdul is doing all the reporting on this. For some reason, Abdul has a bug up his ass about this guy. Mm-hmm. And Abdul's like one of the last people I would want to have a bug up his ass, of, of, you know, f- for me about because mm-hmm. so Abdul's doing all the reporting on this in his cheat sheet. And he claims that between 2018 mm-hmm. and 2023, this dude, Jamie Knoll, ran up $730,992.93 to this business <laughs> card Very account. Very specific. Uh, Amex got pinned down on this, and they described the the charges as personal in nature. Well, right. He's shopping at department stores, cigar stands, and jewelry stores. Here's the description, apparently, from this that the credit card company gave. Charges appear to fund personal and household expenses, which is an unusual pattern of spending for an open business card associated with a nonprofit and raises concerns about misuse, according to Abdul in the in the cheat sheet. Now, obviously, this guy has been charged with 15 felonies. Um, I, th- I think the number is 15. And it looks like his wife, based on those court documents, mm-hmm. may be about to get charged with some stuff too. He's fathered this this child with another woman outside of his marriage. Everybody knew about that for years, Casey. That's been known about. And for some reason, you know, nobody was talking about. How did the governor not know? Yeah, and somebody somebody has to ask the governor. This guy, who you know what he makes, is a sheriff. You're. Be- bestest of buddies with him. You're practically family with him. You see him going on these trips and everything else. You didn't at any point be like, Jamie, mm-hmm. how's that? Uh, where are you getting that money yeah, from? He was not- a sheriff. Everybody knows what the sheriff makes. I mean, it's a fine salary, but it's not enough for this. So hopefully a random, confused, maybe accidental act of journalism is going to bust out here in the near future. And somebody will actually ask the governor how he was unaware of this. It is 19 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 22 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You know, Rob, uh, yes. often we talk about polls. And these are normally national polls, how people are feeling yeah. and what they're thinking about your president. And you ever been polled? Uh, I have been polled. Uh, a Gallup poll. Is it? Was it on the phone? Mm, yeah. See, this is my problem with the polls now, Casey, is I get these text messages mm-hmm. all the time. I guess I'm on a list or something. We'd be curious to get your thoughts. Would you mind answering a couple? I'm not clicking anything on my phone or the computer or anything that involves a link. And so I guess largely the telephone polls are more and more done. But I'd love to do a poll, but I'm not clicking random strange things or links or whatever. So I guess... They don't get your opinion. uh, I I don't know. I mean, it seems like more and more it's done via this you know, either electronic communications of some sort rather than person to person. Um, you know what, uh, you know what poll I I've gotten twice now. I had one a few months ago and then a new one just came in this week is the Nielsen 
uh, the radio and TV ratings poll where they send you a couple bucks and ask you to fill oh, yeah. out the thing. And uh-huh. Of course, we're supposed to identify ourselves as working in broadcast, oh, yeah. and then they normally don't allow us. They don't count us. Right. Do you take the money if you don't fill out the form? It was two bucks. Yeah, yeah. I took the money. Okay, good. But, no, but you then, totally should. But then I had to put the poll in the trash because- no, but you got two bucks. I did get two bucks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, because I, I can't. I would I would sway it to our side. And that's yeah, not, you should have. That's not fair. Oh, look, I mean, it's not, uh, famed wrestling manager Bobby Heenan once said, uh, it's only cheating if you get caught. <laughs> I'm not telling you to live your life that way. I'm just saying. It's a, it's a distinct possibility. You, so, you, you could. So each year, the uh, Institute for Policy at Ball State, they do a statewide survey, oh. and they look to see what are the top priorities for Hoosiers, and they just recently released their set of results for their 23 Hoosier survey. They ask about 600 people, and they do across demographics of age and sure. political leanings, uh, but they have discovered how Hoosiers feel about Joe Biden, oh. according to this survey. So this is a local poll, not a national poll, and they showed that 57% of people in the great state of Indiana disapprove of Joe Biden's job performance. 32% approve. 9% are unsure. So that, that seems about right. Yeah, that re- remains pretty consistent with the national trends. If, if there were to be an election today in Indiana, if the presidential election were today, I think it'd probably be like 60-40 is sort of the default. Mm-hmm. I mean, keep in mind, Diego Morales almost got 60% of the vote. And if that buffoon can almost get 60% of the vote, that's the baseline, right? I mean, unless you're caught in an alley somewhere or you're on your way to prison, then if you're a Republican and you get the nomination for any sort of statewide anything, you're just, you're golden. I mean, it, it it's it's not it's not good. And what I mean by that is the lack of competition in Indiana has created such tribalism to where the primary is all that matters and because of the changing demographics of the state and what i'm talking about is all these the blueing of the suburban areas etc you have people running in primaries where it used to be if you were running in a republican primary you were running to the right you were running on conservatism you were running on you know fiscal accountability all these sort of things now though you're really running to try to appease the most amount of people in the connected class and you're trying to appease the most amount of donors and lobbyists who will give you um who will give you the money and so if we're winning the republican primary is all that matters then you're not you're not articulating conservatism you're articulating almost like some strange form of populism but it's mm-hmm. not populism like we think about it. it's just sort of populism inside the connected class because let's face it the public is apathetic at large and inspiring people to vote is like trying to do brain surgery <laughs> and it's just this is why we're in the shape in the shape we're in and we have the elected people that we do okay well speaking of apathy how do hoosiers feel about eric holcomb and regarding the governor 42 percent of the people approved of his performance 34 percent disapproved and 23 percent said they were unsure so 42 approve mm-hmm. 34 disapprove yeah. and a pretty large amount 23 yeah. percent uh, nearly a quarter 
of those questioned were unsure of how they felt about Eric Holcomb, which is yeah. really just... Uh, Boo! Sorry, I was right? a little late there on that. There you go. There you go. Um, but that kind of highlights the trend that a large portion of the population, not familiar with state politics or have apathy towards it so that they're they're not sure, well, don't have an opinion. Holcomb's a poison. Now, he's a, an intimidator inside the Republican Party because he's a vindictive person and those people around him are vindictive, but he's a poison. Think about this. You have two people running for governor who are directly connected at the hip to Holcomb, silent and Aaron boy, Brad Chambers, mm -hmm. and neither one of them is touting a relationship with him. Suzanne Crouch has given him the Heisman stiff arm. And so that tells you everything to know that you need to know about what the internal polls actually say about high tax, because you have two people who have 100% opportunity to embrace him and claim that that mantle, and neither one of them want anything to do with it. Holcomb was reelected overwhelmingly because Democrats liked what Holcomb did in 2020 on the lockdowns, the shutdowns, the mask mandates, the meet and greets with domestic terrorists, you know, all that sort of thing. Democrats, many, many people voted for Joe Biden, crossed over and also voted for Eric Holcomb. If you look at it on the actual job performance, not so much. If you'd like to read more about this, you can find it over at WIBC.com. And we have your voicemails coming up next. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Number 317-684-8444. It is time for your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, Rob, you were talking about Donald Trump and that there need to be some sort of guardrails up to make sure that mistakes aren't repeated from his previous administration. And somebody wanted to call in and ask about how do you keep uh, someone like Dr. Fauci accountable? would love to hear Rob talk about accountable, how we hold people accountable about Fauci and, you know, him and his involvement in COVID and the Wuhan lab and all of that. Oh, so this is the guy. Mm -hmm. He calls all the time. Yep. He loves Trump. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's just all he ever wants to talk about. Fauci's not a, an elected official. Fauci has no power other than what was given to him by Trump. I don't understand why that is so, like, the buck stops with the elected people. Trump could have ignored Fauci. Trump could have done whatever he wanted to do. Fauci doesn't have some magic wand. I mean, it's no different than here when Lockdown McGee was letting uh, Dr. Box gynecologist dictate the terms, and he was just doing whatever she said. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, we're, we're back to the excuse of Palooza, mm -hmm. the apology train. Why? Just say it. Trump's just I would have so much more respect for these people. And this is what really concerns me, Casey, is that for many of these only Trumpers, we can't even get an admission that 2020 was really screwed up and he made an egregious mistakes during COVID. If I can't even get these people to say, you're right, that was horrible and we've got to hold him accountable. You notice that call was not about holding Trump accountable, it's about holding someone else accountable. Mm -hmm. It's never Trump's fault, which brings me back to I have great concern because you know that once Trump gets in there, the left is going to do whatever they can to take him out or disrupt him or whatever. It's going to be one crisis or pandemic or national emergency after another. And 
if there's nothing, if there's no raising the hand and going, you know what, we really screwed up and here's what we're going to do to prevent that from happening again, then I am led to believe, as any logical person would, that nothing's going to change or be done differently in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, they'll have to take corrective actions. So what you're saying is that it's not our job to hold Fauci accountable. It's the executive's job. Right. Like it's Trump. Just the same yeah. way as if, if let's say, I mean, okay, if Donald Rainwater had been governor, and obviously that didn't happen, but if Donald Rainwater had been governor, there, I don't think in anybody's mind there would be a doubt that there would not have been some unelected bureaucrat, Dr. Box gynecologist or Weaver or whoever the rest of the Good Time Fun gang was on various days and locations, was up there throwing edicts out. I don't think anybody believes that would have happened because those people were put there and the power they were given is by the politician. Same thing for Trump. I want to touch on something yesterday, too, real quick, if it's all right. Mm -hmm. Because somebody yesterday goes, well, on one hand, you say Holcomb shut the state down. And then on another hand, you say Trump shut the state down. We have clarified this a thousand times, but let's do it again. Eric Holcomb shut the state down because of money that was coming from the federal government. Governors across this country shut their states down because of the money that was backed up from the federal government. If Donald Trump had come out and said, if you shut your state down, you will receive nothing from us. There is no need to shut your state down. There's no reason that able-bodied people, younger people cannot work, will protect the older people. But if you shut your state down, you're on your own. That would have never happened. They're both guilty. And this, again, is what concerns me, that if we can't even look ourselves in the mirror, if we're so tribalized now, that we can't even look ourselves in the mirror and go, that was really bad. We've got to prevent that from happening again. And we're just going to defend no matter what the person does because of the name or the letter then how how is it anything ever going to change? We also got another phone call about uh, we've got a guest coming on the show on Friday. Yes. So we yesterday we did a long segment about uh, this really disgusting thing that the state is doing where because and Holcomb admitted this, that he kept the emergency declaration open because of all the federal money that was coming in under as long as we were under phony emergency declaration and Holcomb admitted this I mean he didn't it, towards the end it was so laughable that bars are open people are going to basketball games football games hey we're under emergency finally even he had to say look it's because of all the money that's coming in the state put so many people especially in 2020 when there was an election going on on the Medicaid roll mm -hmm. because they recognize because people are apathetic and they don't think things through that if they're not directly impacted by something they'll genuinely believe yeah you can just shut society down and hey i'm still getting fed and i'm still getting to go to the doctor's office hey it's just a little fun little vacation they put so many able-bodied people on medicaid that they blew a giant hole into the system it's now come out exactly as we said it was going to, that there's a billion-dollar shortfall. Mm -hmm. And their makeup for this, because they've got to figure out something, is they're now, uh, the state is about to kick, stop payments to parents who take care of their highly disabled dependents. In some cases, it's actual children, people under 18, some people it's over 18. And it is, I mean, these people are like, what, what do we do now? We're not going to be able to afford to bring a stranger into into my home so i've got to go to work to try to be able to afford to bring a stranger into my home to pay them when i'm already doing the, mm -hmm. the i mean it's just it's nonsensical and ridiculous and so uh friday we're gonna have somebody who is an, an actual nurse by trade 
who has a, a highly disabled son, a teenager, and what she's going through and how this is going to impact her, and I know she speaks for a, a lot of people. Somebody called and actually has a question for our guest. Hey, got a question for you. Maybe you could ask your guest on Friday about the um, home health uh, provided by family for Medicaid. Um, I'm just wondering if the state will end up having to pay if these caregivers decide, hmm, I need to take a job because I'm not going to get this and bring someone else in. Is the state going to end up paying more for a non-family member Mm. to come in? So by cutting this, is the state actually going to increase the amount that Medicaid spends to provide the same care for these patients? Just curious. Thanks. Bye. I mean, it, it was essentially an episode of American greed. Eric Holcomb sold a lie to the people of Indiana, which is I can shut this state down and you're not going to miss doctor's visits or medical care or food or rent payments. And he knew, as all these governors knew, as Trump knew, that th- that that was so defied all semblance of logic. And he did it. He got through the... He got through the election. We talked about last segment. A lot of Democrats voted for him because they liked all of this stuff. It's why he has a, a approval rating now well below 50%, even though he got 56% of the vote or whatever it was, because Democrats have had enough of him. They had to choke that off because the federal money is is drying up. And we told you this for four years, and I am sympathetic to people who are going through this. But if we're being honest, there's a lot of people who voted for Holcomb who are going through this now, and we tried to warn you. Mm-hmm. We did everything we could to tell you what was going to happen. And um, this is a nightmare now. We want to try to help fix it. We are sympathetic to these people, but these Republicans are, I mean, they're just the worst, Casey, and this is another example of it. So you can, people can hate me. Oh, you're so mean to the Republicans. They're in charge of everything. You can't blame the Democrats for this. This mess is wholly created by Holcomb and the Indiana Republican Party. The Democrats had nothing to do with it. So who am I supposed to blame? Well, his question was, will they have to pay outside sources now more money than what a family member would have been receiving to stay home? And the answer is most likely because they're going to have to pay what the market value is. Here's how you fix the situation. And it is so simple, but they will never do it because they're, the Republicans in Indiana are completely invested in legalized vote buying at this point. Be honest with the people about what HIP 2.0 is. Mm. HIP 2.0 is Medicaid. It's Obamacare. It is not marketplace driven. I know a bunch of people who are 100% able-bodied, who can work, who work side gigs, who are making money, who are feeding themselves, and they're on the 5 or $10 a month insurance plan casey i don't know about you how much is your insurance <laughs> it's more than that is it a little bit more a lot more yeah actually. exactly yeah. casey yeah and that's my point is the people who are going to work like these people could go to work or do go to work mm-hmm. are getting free insurance you got to scrap the whole thing and start over if you actually had the guts and the intestinal fortitude to look at able-bodied people and say you go to work you go to work and you get insurance through your employer we're done with you then we could take care of people like this. There's only so much money. And when you're allocating so much of it in a legalized vote buying scheme, then you can't take that money away from those people because then they won't vote for you. And until the Republicans are willing to be honest about what our health care plan in the state is, it's not market driven, it is dependent upon sweet daddy federal government, then stuff like this is going to keep happening. 
stuff like this is going to continue to keep happening. We've got Hammer, who's going to join us next. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 9 minutes away from 11 it is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC and Hammer joining us in the studio and you posted a picture last night of you and one of your sons at the Pacers game and I love seeing that you being a dad out there enjoying the sporting events with your son yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And the champs were in the building last night, the uh, Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Like, I think you could probably win a lot of bets if you walk around to any bar and say, who's the defending champion in the NBA? It's a good point. Like, most people would say Golden State or the people that don't follow it that closely, the Lakers or the Celtics. No, it's this big, badass Serbian dude yeah. who goes by the nickname Joker, Nikola Jokic, and uh, the Denver Nuggets. You had a run-in with his wife last night. Not a run-in. We actually had a great time. Uh, so I sat behind mm-hmm. Jokic's wife and young daughter last night. Um, after talking to her, I guess she travels with him. Per his wishes, he moved his family over to Denver. And their daughter is like one year old, maybe two. Mm-hmm. So they go on the road and, mm-hmm. you know, the most down-to-earth, cool people imaginable. How and did you start this conversation? Well, the little girl had like face paint on it, said dad, and then the number oh, that he has. Oh, I got you. Okay. Nice. And I just, out of the blue, was like, are you obviously family of, you know, Jokic? Yes. You know, and she's got an accent, but she speaks pretty good English. She, so she's a, for, a foreigner Yeah, too. she's from Serbia okay. as well. Uh Speaks good English, though, way better than Joe Biden. Uh, and, you know, we were just kind of BS, and I didn't want to bother her the whole time, but... Uh, yeah, you did. Did you, did you tell her I'm kind of a you big deal? I'm, I'm on the, maybe you know me, I'm on the radio here. Um, but no, the most humble, down-to-earth people imaginable. And I was thinking, because this guy's a big deal. Yeah. Like, he's a two-time MVP of the NBA. Yeah. You're talking like LeBron James territory mm-hmm. there. If that were... Mrs. LeBron James or (laughs) Brittany Mahomes or some other athlete of that caliber, I don't know if they'd be that humble. Do you think Yoko Swifto would ever sit amongst the people? Like, can you imagine her going down? She gets swarmed. Sitting, sitting, you know, in a in a crowd somewhere, right? Just engaging with the local radio guy. And what was great was I told her, I was like, man, he really gets beat up throughout these games because by the end of the game, Mm -hmm. every game. You know, he's got cuts on him, scratches, because all these, you know, NBA guys, they just hang on him because he's so big and strong. And this is how I knew me and Mrs. Jokic were going to be best friends forever. (laughs) She made a wrestling analogy. Oh! She was like, yes, I don't know why he gets so red. He doesn't get red any other time than basketball, but he comes home, he looks like he's been in WrestleMania. (laughs) Did we just become best friends? (laughs) Yep. Yes, So that makes it pretty hard then, you know, you get into the games. We've been to a couple games together. It makes it pretty hard to, you know, dump on the guy when, uh, <laughs> when you know, the wife and kid are right in front of you and they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're totally cool. Plus, I've seen video of his brothers because he's got <laughs> brothers who are just big goons like he is. Now, they weren't there last night, but there was a playoff game a number of years ago where they were all courtside. <laughs> 
and somebody was trying to get squirrely with Joker, and the brothers got up, and it was go time. I love that some guy who looks like he would be a bad player on your YMCA team is the best player in the NBA. I love that so much. I mean, just a big, strong dude, but soft touch around the basket. He can shoot threes. He had a triple-double last night against the Pacers, and uh, yeah, it was just refreshing to see somebody associated with the big celebrity mm-hmm. not be a total pain in the ass. Did you feel sheepish cheering for the Pacers when with her sitting there? No, Were you, no. Were you like subdued? Like, no. sorry. Like, I'm not like rowdy guy. I'm yeah. not yelling, bleep you. Yeah, Remember no. that Kenny Rod, that drunk Kenny Rogers lookalike <laughs> guy the last game we were at? Casey, there was some guy, he was like just screaming. It's a middle of the winter regular season NBA game against the Wizards. And this guy is just screaming over and over and over and over again. Like he was ready, stormed off. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you paid too much for those tickets to be that mad. <laughs> and let's just enjoy himself, in. though. Rob Kendall thinks this guy right, was off the rails. Right, exactly. <laughs> this guy was off the rails to Rob. <laughs> and, and there were the, these two well assembled mm-hmm. individuals sitting like three seats down from him. And it's like, shouldn't you be more focused on. You know, I mean, they weren't there with him, but it's like they're there. They're sitting by themselves. Like, why, why are you even watching the game? That He's dude had it. a vein sticking out of his head. <laughs> it was like a Springsteen concert, Casey. Oh, yeah, the giant nod on the side. He was just like he was red in the face and he stormed. I mean, I, he had clearly been drinking, but it was like, dude, <laughs> uh-huh. you are. It's a regular season NBA Calm game. Down. Just let it. Let's. Yeah. And he looked like Kenny Rogers' brother. Yes. He did. We were calling him Benny Rogers. Were you tempted to ask her to, hey, can you get your uh, husband over here for an autograph or a picture? Or no, like, no, no, no. No, because he's a grown ass man, Casey, and one grown ass man is not going to ask another grown ass man well, for no, his he, autograph. Ask his wife for his and autograph. His daughter was super sweet, and mm-hmm. like I was helping her up over the, you know, to get to the restroom and stuff. They were awesome you people. You are best man. friends now. Benny Rogers, baby. <laughs> What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, we are scheduled to have a conversation with Representative Jim Banks today. Oh! We will recap what happened in New Hampshire and probably crap all over Nikki Haley for not quitting. Thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.